How y'all doing? Good. Awesome. Well, man, I uh, am very, very excited about this day and about this message. And uh, even as you watch that video, you guys, what happened in that video is what we're going to talk about today. And that is that somebody experienced being loved in a way that wasn't natural. It wasn't normal. It was more than she expected to receive. And here's what happens. When you start getting loved in that way, it changes you. There is no way that when your heart gets loved in a way that's beyond even what you need, the blessing of that will change your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm so excited about this series, about this whole idea of God wanting to display his love through us. Can I take a drink of water? Hmm. All right. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We've, two weeks ago, we talked about how God's love is with us. And I, I want to be honest with you, this series is just kicking my butt. It really is. Because I haven't, the last two weeks, been able to be with anybody without thinking, am I actually with them? Right? <laughs> like, I know I'm present, but am I actually with them? Am I actually giving any of myself to them, or am I doing the token hangout thing? And every time I'm with my wife or my kids or anybody stops over or I come to the... Oh, I just love the fact that God's going, waking me up to what it really means to love with his love, which means I'm with you. It means I give myself to you. And then last week, we found out that his love is the love that looks at every one of you and goes, I know what I created you for, and I can see it, and I want to bring it out of you. I want you to be everything that I created you to be. And so when God's love fills up within us and we hang out with people, he can give us eyes to see the beauty in every person and call it out of them. So cool. And then today, man, this is a fun one. This one, man, I've given this message three times already. I have lived with it all week long, and I feel like I've just dipped my toe in the reality of what I'm going to share with you today. It's so cool. And that is that God's love is just over the top. It's over the top. So how many of you know the book Love Languages? You guys know that? Many of you heard that? It's about five love languages. Um, I'm actually going to write a new book called Six Love Languages. Because there is another love language. I don't know if you guys know that. It's called food. Okay? Right? How many of you have that love language? All right, all right, yeah, good company. So, so last year, I was out with a, my family was out with Lad and his family. And we were down at Macy's grocery store down in Sandy somewhere. And, and uh, so we walk in, and I've got my kids, and we're getting the little kid cones. And I'm thinking, I might do a medium twist. And all of a sudden, Lad taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around. And he has what he called the Kong cone. They call it the Kong cone. I mean, that thing, literally, the ice cream was that high. How many of you have had the Kong cone? Okay, I see some hands in the back. I mean, it is insane. I mean, when you see the Kong cone, you're like, there is no way I can eat all that. I ate it all. So let's move to another example. How many of you have had the omelet over here at the original Pancake House? Anybody get that? Okay. Seriously, this is the only restaurant I've ever been to, except for Hash Hash A Go Go down in Vegas. You guys, ever okay. go to Hash Hash A Go Go. But other here in Salt Lake City, that omelet is so huge, I couldn't eat it. That's a miracle. I've never been to a restaurant where I haven't been able to eat the meal, and so I've actually found a place I can go, and Susie and I can share it because if I try to eat that whole thing, I'm gonna like, get sick, right? I'm gonna puke. And so if I've got to take something, when you get more than enough love, when you get more than enough of something, the only way to actually live is you got to share it. 
you've got to give it away, right? Isn't that why we love Thanksgiving? What do you love about Thanksgiving? Yeah, except watching the Lions lose. What do you, what do you love? <clears throat> yeah, watching the Cowboys win. Thank you. Rub that in. Uh, no, what you love, you guys, is the leftovers. It's so cool, man. You eat till you're gorged, and you realize there's three times as much left. It's fantastic. Do you guys know the Bible talks about leftovers? And that's what we're going to look at. In Matthew chapter 14, it starts off actually pretty sad. It's where John the Baptist is beheaded. So when Jesus receives the news that John the Baptist is beheaded, it says that he withdrew privately to a solitary place. I love that about Christ. Knowing everything, knowing there's eternity, knowing that John's going to be fine. Still, when he was beheaded, there was great grief. He knew what it was to be a man of sorrows. So he withdraws privately to go to a solitary place to be alone. But the crowd hears about it. So by the time Jesus gets to the other side of the lake, everybody's already there waiting for him. And I just want to tell you, man, as a man, as a human being, I'm just sitting there going, that would tick me off. Would that not tick you off? Like, leave me alone. But because Jesus is who he is, says he had compassion on them. And he healed them and he totally ministered to them. He gets to the end of the day and his disciples go, hey, okay, Jesus, send these guys away. And it's late at night. They need to eat. And Jesus goes, you don't need to send them away. You give them something to eat. They're like, we don't, we don't have anything to give them. He's like, sure you do. What do you got? You got five loaves and two fish. Great. You guys know, they said there were over 5,000 men, not including women and children. So can we just say, there's over 10,000 people in this crowd. And this is one of those amazing miracles where Jesus takes this bread and he cracks it open and gives thanks and passes it out. And then there's this beautiful verse, chapter 14, verse 20 says this. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were what? There you go, we got leftovers right there. Now, I, I'm just going to tell you, what I'm going to share with you today, is not, this isn't the main point of why I think this story is in the scripture. But I, I want to tell you, there's something weird about this. I mean, seriously, if you're Jesus, if you're God, don't you know how much to make? I mean, right? It's like, okay, there's this many people, I need to make this much food. But instead, he makes enough, so there's 12, 12 basketfuls left over. There's more than enough. Now, in his first miracle, which is where he turns water into wine, all right? So what happens in this story? In this story, they, the, the, the wedding has already happened, the festivities are going, and they ran out of wine. Now, in that culture, you guys, when you were the master of ceremony... Jewish weddings were huge, and they were ridiculously important. So if you were the master of ceremony, you knew how many people were coming, and you knew how much wine needed to be there. And so they ran out of wine, which tells you but. They've already drank quite a bit of wine, yeah. right? Now they've run out, so Mary comes up to Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, you got to take care of this thing. Now, if you were God, you'd probably be concerned for these people who've been partying all night, and you would say, maybe five or six more bottles? Let's just let's be, let's be careful here. What does Jesus do? He goes, hey, look over there. There's six jars used for ceremonial washing. They were about this tall because in each one of these jars, it held 20 to 30 gallons. So here's Jesus. Mary comes up and says, hey, the party's been going on, but they've run out of wine. They need a little bit more. Jesus goes, how about 150 gallons? You guys, see, how many of you have read a story that way? See, now all of a sudden you're going, what? It says that he actually filled it up all the way to the brim. 
And Jesus comes out and he says, listen, man, I know. And, and look, here's what the scripture says. Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. And then he says, but you have saved the best till now. And not only the best, 150 gallons worth. I mean, what was Jesus doing? Just showing off? <laughs> you guys, here's a cool one. Susie, when I shared this with her, she goes, oh my gosh. She goes, I have a brand new favorite Greek word. Can I give you the word for leftovers in the scripture? That's what we're going to talk about today. God's love is leftover love. God's love is more than enough. What this word means, and by the way, this is the word, is called parisio. Isn't that beautiful? Let's all say that together. Parisio. Kind of feels like we're in France, you know? Okay, that, that was bad. I wanted to go there. Here's what parisio means, and I don't want you to forget this. Parisio is to exceed a fixed number of measure. It's to be an abundance. It's overflowing. The word's to excel and to exceed. When something is parisio, it's not just enough, it's more than enough. And so there were parisio baskets left over. This is what God does, you guys. So when we're going to look at God's love on display, then what God's saying is my love is parisio. It's not just enough for you, it's more than enough for you. I don't want just to fill you up, I want to fill you up to parisio, to overflowing. It is left over love. You know the other thing that's so interesting about this word parisio? It's used for a bud that actually goes into full bloom. Isn't that interesting? And here's what I know about every one of you in this room. I don't know how your love quotient is right now, but I know this, that there's a bud of love in every one of you. But if God, if he's real, and if his love is not like all the human love we taste, but if his love is supernatural, then he can take what's inside you today and he can parisio it. He can bring it into full bloom. He can put inside of you a love that will start giving beyond itself, beyond what the people in your life need. Now, how many of you want that? See, here's what's cool. Because most of us would go, man, I just take enough, right? Just give me enough. And God's like, cool, I'll do that. But if you really know my love, it's going to take you beyond things you could even dream of today. So let's pray. Let's ask God to do that in us. Lord, this is so exciting. I love the fact that what we're going to talk about today is so far beyond our ability to even understand. I know this, God. Nothing's going to happen in this room unless your Holy Spirit comes right now and opens the eyes of our heart to who you really are and to what your love is really like. And I'm going to ask, in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Parisio love giver, in his name, that you might do more than we ever thought you were going to do in our hearts today when we showed up. Change us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to start off, you guys, with the prodigal son story. I don't know if some of you may or may not have heard that. But anybody in here, this is how many, anybody in here know what the word prodigal means? Anybody know? What's that? Thank you. See, isn't this fun? Like you, if you grew up in church at all, we've always said the prodigal son story. And I've always thought prodigal must mean goofball, right? <laughs> the story is, this guy goes to his dad 
And he says, hey, I want my inheritance, which means what he was really saying is, I wish you were dead. And his dad gives him his inheritance. And then it says this. He went off and he squandered his wealth in wild living and he spent everything he had. See, prodigal means extravagant. And so the son was extravagant. He was prodigal in his wastefulness. He spent everything he had. He was parisio, baby. More than enough. And then when he got to the point where he had done more than enough squandering, right here, verse chapter 15, verse 17, it says, He came to his senses. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to Parisia? Right there. He go, wait a second, man. My, the guys who just serve, my dad's servants, have Parisia. They have more than what they even need, and they're just servants. And then he's like, and here I am starving to death. He goes, I'm going to set out and go back to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And look at this. He says, make me like one of your hired servants. Remember this word, make me. What he was saying to his dad is, listen, man, I have toe so screwed up and I've so blown it. Just make me like a servant. So he got up and he went to his father. <clears throat> but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. There it is again. Remember, Jesus was filled with compassion on the crowds. And here's this father filled with compassion for him. So he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the dad said, you're right. Let's talk about that. Because you screwed up. And you shamed my name. And I can't believe that you asked for your inheritance. And then I'm gracious enough to give you your inheritance. And what do you do? You go squander in wild living and you have great parties and you totally mess up your life. Right? Isn't that how the movies would go? Isn't that how you would go? So he comes home and that's kind of how most of us would go. But what's his father do? The father's got parisio love. He's got some leftover love. Look at this. And I love the word but right there. Totally different than what you're expecting. The father said to his servants, quick, bring the what robe? The best one, baby. Let's do some Parisio robe. No bathrobe for this kid, man. Bring out the best robe. Let's put it on him. Let's put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Let's bring the fattened calf and let's kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate. Because this kid screwed up his life. He shamed my name. He thought about himself more than everybody else. And he came home. He came home. You guys, I don't know, those of you who are in here, and if you uh, are wondering what Christianity is all about, if you're wondering what God's all about, and if you're wondering what his love is really like, his love looks at everything you've ever done, everything that you're ashamed of, the stuff that you know you're trying to hide from everybody else, the stuff you're actually trying to hide from God, the stuff that you thought, I don't even know if I can go to church because there's no way God could ever love me. And what he's saying is, you don't understand my love. My love is so crazy good that if you would just turn and even just come to me, I'm actually looking for you, and then I'll run to you. And I'll put the best robe on you, and I'll put a ring on your finger, and I'll throw a party, and I'll celebrate. I will parisio my love for you. You guys understand this? This is the prodigal God. We have an extravagant God. We have a God who wants to love us and not just give us what we need. He wants to give us way more and beyond what we need. 
See, he, was, he is extravagant because he squandered his wealth too in the story, but he squandered it on a celebration. <laughs> Some people have said that, you know. We always call this the prodigal son story. I love, I think it was probably Tim Keller or somebody who said, really, we should be calling this the prodigal father story because he's the one who's extravagant. His love is so far beyond anything we can imagine. And so you guys, Good Friday and Easter just a few weeks ago, what was that all about? It just said... This is how you can even know what love is. The way you can even know what love really is, not the crappy love you received from your parents, or even if you got good love from your parents. It wasn't even close to God's love. I don't care how, how wonderful your wife is or your husband today, or how unfaithful your wife or husband is today. Can I just tell you, God's love is so unbelievably different, and here's how you can know what it is. God so loved every person who could care less about him, just like every prodigal son that he would send his own son to die for you. And why did he die for you? Look at this verse. Ephesians chapter 1, 7, 8. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood. You guys know what redemption is? Redemption means <clears throat> when there's something beautiful and something precious and it's lost. And it gets it's captured. Or it's, or it's in prison and it's gone. And it's no longer in its rightful state. It's no longer where it's supposed to be. And it's somewhere else. Redemption is when somebody purchases it. The original owner purchases it and brings it back to its original place. That's redemption. And in Christ, we have redemption, which means God in Christ has said, every one of you are glorious. Every one of you were made beautiful. Every one of you were made to be in a relationship with me. And you got lost. You wandered away. And you were far away, and I ran after you through Christ, and I purchased you back through Jesus Christ, and I brought you back to me. That's what I have. I've been redeemed, man. I Now, you know what I am? I'm back in my rightful place from why I was created, and that was to be in an intimate relationship with God, where he is in me every moment of every day through the power of his spirit, spirit making me the man he originally tended me to be. That's cool. Now, am I even close to that? No. But it's cool that he's working on me. And every single one of you can be redeemed because of the amazing parisio love of God who says, go ahead and be prodigal and lavish your life away on all the pleasures you want. And when you find that none of them work, you just turn and I will parisio you. It's beautiful. In him we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness of our sins. How many of those? All of them, baby. All of them. I'm still amazed at how many of you I talk to who struggle to believe that all of your sin, all of it, was in Christ's body on the tree. It's, isn't it amazing? Like, we'll believe that. We'll even raise our hand. I believe that. And then you screw up again. You're like, oh, God. And you just say, oh, God, maybe one more time, please. Sorry. God's like, what? What'd you do? Don't you know that one was paid for too? Man, we have forgiveness of all of our sin. That's parisio right there, man. So that's way beyond. Now, here's what's cool, you guys. Look at this. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance, listen to this, with the riches of God's grace that he... Parisio. Now, here's where I want to challenge every one of you Christians in this room. And I'm hoping that if you're not a Christian, you'll just be like, you'll have to just, I hope this messes with your mind because it's messing with mine. God, I believe that God has, just the fact that he's forgiven me of all of my sin, and still does, still, I just, I can weep over that. So I'm just, I'll never, ever, ever tire 
of my gratefulness for Christ's sacrifice on my behalf. I'll never, it'll never cease to amaze me that I'm completely forgiven and that God looks at this screwball and doesn't see anything wrong. That's a lot of grace. But here's what's amazing, you guys, is he didn't just do that. He didn't just redeem me, and he didn't just forgive me. He did that in accordance with the riches of his grace. And what kind of grace did he do? He lavished it on you. Now, if that's parisio, what does that mean? He didn't give me just enough grace to cover all my sin, which that would be great. He gave me what? More than enough grace. See, you can say amen, and I'm like, for what? See, this is what I'm saying is, there is so much that God wants to give me that my human brain can't even grasp it. He wants to pour. He's given me so much more, and I'm already, like, so rich. I've already eaten the conch cone, man. I've already had the omelet. I'm stuffed, and that's why I do what I do. Because I want, I have received so much mercy and so much grace and so much love from God. I want to give my life to you. And I want every person to know this. And in the midst of knowing all that, he comes along and tells me this. Nelson, you don't even know how much grace I've given you. God, that's awesome. <laughs> For the rest of my days, I'm going to be discovering Parisio. I'm going to be discovering that he gives me even more than I even need. That's so cool. And so we look at this verse, you guys, that we do a lot here in Ephesians chapter 3, and it says this, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. You guys, here's the issue, man. You screw up and you will feel conviction or you'll start hearing voices condemning you for what you've done wrong or you'll hang around with people, unfortunately church people, who usually love to see all the things inside of you that are wrong. Isn't that great? This is the goofiest thing about the church, man. Here's the church, supposed to be people totally forgiven by the grace of God and amazed at what he's done for us. And then all we can do is see what you didn't do, right? So we hang out with people, we're wrong human beings, and so we're criticized and we're judged. So you got to live with that. I'm telling you, when you fall short and when people make sure you know you're falling short, you know what you need? You know what you need? You need parisio love, baby. You need to be rooted and established in the love of God. And you need to know, I don't care what you think, I only have one judge, and it ain't you. It's him. And I'm going to stand before him, and he's already condemned me in Christ on the cross. I'm forgiven. I'm justified. I'm good to go. You've got to be rooted and established in that. So then he goes on. And so, man, start getting this, because then... Uh, I pray that you'll be rooted and established in love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how long and high, well, how long and high and wide and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. See what Paul's struggling right here? He's going, I'm trying to figure out how in the world to tell you what Parisio love is like. You, it's, you actually need power. You can't even grasp this. It's beyond your ability. It surpasses human knowledge. So all of you who are out there and you're doing the intellectual exercise trying to figure out God and you found out all the little things, can I just tell you, you're never going to figure him out. You just aren't. If you did, then you'd be God. Can I tell you that again? If you're going to figure out God, then you're God. If he's not supernatural, if he's not beyond your ability to figure out, you've got a goofy God. And here's what he says. His love is so beyond your ability to even grasp you need spiritual power to do it. It is so long and high and wide and deep. So he prays for that. And then he says this, and if you would begin to really know this love, 
you'd be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How's that sound? Bring it on. Bring it on. I want to know this love. I pray this all the time. I pray this verse. I'm, I'm going, God, this is what's cool because apparently um, he has to give me the power to grasp that love. I, don't, I can't even do it. But I'm so grateful that he wants me to. So now let's think about this. If you and I could begin to grasp a love that goes beyond enough, a love that would die for you, even though you could care less about him. You imagine what it'd be like to wake up every morning and just to live in the reality of this kind of love for you. I mean, I feel, I just think about it. I go, oh my God, I'd wake up and I'd be free. <laughs> I'd wake up and I'd be filled with joy. I'd wake up and I'd have peace in my heart. I'd wake up and I would be so full that I couldn't help but share it. And here's what's crazy is most Christians wake up in the morning hoping that God still loves us, don't we? Thinking that maybe if you're good enough today, you might be able to eke out another drop of his love. We're all like, <laughs> just, and here's, and I just want to tell you, man, there is a lie from the pit of hell that you and I are struggling with. And that is the enemy will do anything he can to get you to doubt how much God really loves you. Because as soon as you doubt his love, you will not trust him. And as soon as you don't trust him, you will not live the life that he has for you. And you'll be going out and saying, maybe some guy will do this for me. Maybe some job will do this for me. Maybe some recreation will do this for me. Maybe something will fill me up. Because you bought the lie that God doesn't love you with the love of Jesus Christ who would give up his life so he'd fill his spirit within you. And I'm telling you, all of us in here, what would happen if all of a sudden we started to believe and know this love, this parisio beyond imagine love. Here's what would happen. Verse 20. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So, you guys, do you imagine... We all do. You ever, you ever imagine what your marriage could actually be like? You ever dream about that? You ever imagine what your relationship with your kids could be? You ever imagine what it would be like to have a workplace that's actually cool to go to because there's love there? Here's what Jesus says. Your greatest dream for your, any relationship that matters to you. I can do immeasurably more. There it is again. I can do parisio. I can do more than you're even thinking. Why? Because you're awesome. No, that's not the answer, right? How? He's going to do it according to his power, which is at work within you. You guys, let's go back to Easter. When Jesus Christ died and he went down into death and sin. The consequence of sin is death. The only reason there's death is because there's sin. So here's Jesus. He dies, and then it says, and it was impossible for death to hold him down. Why? Why did he rise again? The only human being to do this. Why did he do that? Because in Christ, he's the only one who loved perfectly. 
It was the power of his love, and it's according to his power at work within us. So Jesus rose again so that his spirit could come and live in me and now help me, change me, empower me to do more than I could ever do by myself. You guys following this? This is what he offers every single one of us in this room. And it's not about you trying to do more, right? It's about his presence inside of you. So let me just throw you, look at these couple New Testament verses. If this is true, you guys, look at this. Paul goes, 1 Thessalonians 3. He says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Okay? So now, now check this out. May the Lord make your love increase. See? What's Paul, what is Paul not saying there? He's not saying, Now get out there and love better. Right? Come on now, come on, come on, keep trying. Just forgive and just serve and just do all this stuff. No, he's saying you can't do this. Your love can only do so much. What he's saying is have God make your love increase and overflow. Now how about this? Because here's what I know, again, about every one of you in this room. Every one of you has some love within you. How many of you would love the love inside of you to increase? Okay, what's this all about? If this isn't happening, if this is not what it's all about, okay, remember what we talked about a couple months ago? Let's quit stinking, acting religious. Let's quit having a form of godliness and denying its power. See, it's way too easy to do church. I, I heard again somebody who said, man, my wife just met somebody this week, and the dude just told me, he said, man, I'm just so not interested in going to church. My God, I understand that. Don't you understand that? Are you interested in having your love increase? See, this is what God actually wants to do. And here's what's cool. He goes, God will make your love increase and parousia. I love this. God's not just going to increase your love. He's going to give you a love that can actually go beyond so that you can love people more than enough. And I'll tell you what, man, this is when things start to change. So let me give you quick, three quick um, ways that we can begin to say, because this is where I'm struggling. I'll be honest with you, I'm just struggling. We got, we got five more weeks, I think, in the series, so we're just going to keep digging in to go, how in the world do I love? Because I'm still trying to figure it out. This, this series is just smacking me, because I'm not doing a very good job. Like I said, man, even with this with love, I'm like, man, I just want to help me really be with. And now I'm just realizing... I don't parisio very well at all. So what are we going to do? Here's the first thing you got to realize. Leftover love isn't limited. Leftover love isn't limited. One of the things that you can first do to say, man, am I, am I, how am I doing on the love thing? If you have limited love, it's not God's love. I love Erwin um, McManus, who's one of my favorite pastors. I love this guy. He was talking about when his first daughter, he, he, Mariah, which was his first kid as well, he loved her so much that when his wife got pregnant with the second kid, he was actually scared. Because <laughs> he was just like, oh my God, I love Mariah so much. And if, if this little dude comes, then I'm going to have to like, take part of the love I have for Mariah, and I'm going to have to divide it, and I'm going to have to give it to this guy. You guys know what he's talking about? And he's like, ah. So he almost didn't want the little guy to be born. But then when he was born, he was shocked to find out this thing about God's love. That God's love isn't limited. And now all of a sudden, he had the same love for Mariah and he had it as well for his other son. See, that's what, isn't that crazy? Like with my three kids, I love them. And I love my wife. But here's what's crazy. In our humanness, 
we limit our love all the time. In fact, this morning, some of you walked in this morning and you saw certain people here at church, you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Oh, look how they're dressed. Right? Wow, I guess we knew that was true, didn't we? <laughs> so even in here at church with people filled with parisio love, we're all going human on us. See, so right there, you can know if there's ever a human being that you run into and you decide to withhold your love because of whatever reason, there's no parisio there. God's love is just is because he just loves everybody. It's beyond. We're going to talk a whole lot about this more next week, okay? How do we actually get to this? So come back next week. It's a huge issue. of How do I love everybody? Because I'm not going to love you like I love my wife. I'm not going to love you like I love my kids. But I still, if I have the love of God in me, it will not be limited to just the people in my inner circle. It'll be for everybody, okay? Second thing, leftover love isn't vanilla, okay? <laughs> leftover love isn't vanilla. And here's, here's, this is so cool to me, you guys. If God's love is parisio, then it's not just enough love. It's more than enough love. So I think one of the ways that God tried to show us what his love was like was through our creation. Right? Do you guys, you know how much in our creation is not just enough, but more than enough? I mean, seriously, if God was just saying, hey, I'm going to give you just enough to survive. It's like he could have said, I'm going to give you an apple. And that's it. Because if you just keep eating apples, you're going to be okay. You're going to survive. That's enough. But instead, God goes, no, I'm going to give you, like, limitless fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Why? Do you need those things? Yep. You know, and then when you think of plants, like, listen to this. There are 281,821 different flowering plants. Why? Because you need those. No, you don't need them. There's nothing utilitarian about that. I think God just said, man, this is cool, and I want you guys to love. I've given you what you need, but I want to show you what my love is like. I'm going to give you beyond what you need. He gave us 31,496 different kinds of mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms. What for? Did you know that there are 900,000 to a million? They can't even figure out how many insects there are. Now I think the guy's just showing off. You know? He's just like, I can make so many different things. And the diversity of our creation, you guys, is I think God's showing us. I don't want to just give you what you need. I want to go beyond what you need. I'm going to give you more than enough. I'm going to parisio with love, with beauty, with flavor, with food. I'm going to just love you and bless you. Now, here's what I know. Is there such a difference? Because many of us in this room, we don't have, we, we, our, our loves become vanilla. Isn't it interesting? There's such a big difference between couples who are engaged and married couples. Really, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, give them 10 years. See, isn't that sad? Because, you know, some of us, it's like, seriously, you're on a new couple and they're falling in love. You're like, God, just get away from me. It's like, this. Like, yeah, get a room. Yeah, it's just enough. You know, but here's what happened. It's like, when you're engaged, it's like your love is like Ben and Jerry, Right? you got variety, man. You're thinking of all this kind of stuff, and you're being creative, and you're writing cards and sending flowers and giving gifts, and then you get married. And all of a sudden, it's vanilla. When is the last time? You, seriously, you go to a marriage conference, one of the first, one's the first things they're going to tell you is put some romance in, back into your marriage. you got vanilla. Can I just tell you, some of you haven't done one special thing for your spouse. You don't even know how long. You haven't done anything for your kids. When's the last time your kids got more than the average thing from you? 
to let them know you think they, they rock the world. You know what Vanilla Love does, you guys? Vanilla Love shows a lack of thought and a lack of investment and a lack of value. And many of us today are just going, I don't even know if you really love me anymore. And I tell you what, man, if Jesus is living inside of us, he can spur within us a creative Parisio love. They'll start rocking your family. And I want to encourage you, man, ask for it. Seriously, look how creative he is. And he knows how to love the best special people in your life. Ask him. Give God. Help me to know how can I bless them beyond enough. You've done that for me. How do I do that for the people in my life? You guys who aren't married, freak your roommate out. Freak them out. Parisio them this week. Ask God. Do something so far beyond the normal of what you've been doing in your roommate situation. And that's going to freak them out. You got, tomorrow, how, about, how about at work? What if we ask God this week, hey, God, give me a Parisio way to show love today in my workplace. You know what will happen, you guys? Nobody pays attention to vanilla. I think that's why nobody pays attention to the church. Who gives a rip about the church? What are you guys doing? Going having holy huddles and worshiping and raising your hands? How about coming out and freaking changing the world? How about what would happen, you guys, if the world saw K2 the church, if the world saw 1,400 people in this community walk outside these doors in no more vanilla love? What if we parisioed? What if we went beyond and started blessing people in ways where the world would say, you did what? Why do you do that? You know what will happen is? The world will wake up and start taking notice of Jesus. Because in your love and in mine, I won't do it. But if Jesus and his love is stirring up within me, and that's why you got to worship him, that's why you got to don't give up meeting here together, that's why you need to be in life together groups to stir that. That's why you need to be reading the scriptures on your own. Let God speak directly to you. Let him fan into flame this love. And then we'll go out here and we'll change the world. All right? I tell you, man, this is what it's all about. It really is. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this revelation that you don't just give us what we need. You give us more than that. You give us more than enough. Lord, help us to soak in that. Help us to receive it. Help us to live in it. And then out of that, out of feasting on that, that we would have so much that we couldn't help. We couldn't help but share it with the rest of the world. Lord, I pray even today you would not let one person walk out of this room without an idea from your spirit on how to parisio someone this week. On how to go above and beyond. How to do more. Whether it's a spouse or a child or a friend or a roommate or a coworker or someone here at K2. God, help us to know. Help us to live out your love. Parisio love on display to this world that needs you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.